The following audio is from Grace Fellowship of Westerville. To learn more about our church, please visit our website at www.gracefcwesterville.org. Let's look to Psalm 23, and we'll read verses 1 through 6 again. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through a valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, I have encouraged you to memorize Psalm 23 and make it part of your life. I promise you, if you don't need it now, you're going to need it one of these days. Um, and so if you memorize it, you can make a little card, three by five, one verse at a time, and you can just memorize one verse a week and just do it once a week. Now, we're coming into the fourth message this morning. And so far, we discussed the secret of a happy life. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We talked about Jehovah Shalom, the Lord of our peace. He leads us beside still waters and down the green pastures. And we talked about how you know stressful sheep are not productive sheep. And we talked about Jehovah Rapha last Sunday, which means God who heals, a God who restores, wherein David says he restores my soul. Uh, you know, God restores the stubborn sheep with a rod, strain sheep with a staff, and sick sheep with oil. We talked about that. Now, again, I suppose Psalm 23 is better known than any other psalm in the Bible. Even non-Christians know it, and I think probably best love chapter in the Bible. And if that's true, this next verse we're going to look at today, I think, is the verse out of the entire Bible, the most beloved verse in all the Bible, right? And that is verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, and your rod and staff, they comfort me. You know, every time I read that verse, it reminds me of that old song that says, you must walk this lonesome valley, you must walk it by yourself. Nobody can make it for you, you must walk it yourself. I don't know if you guys heard that song or not, but you guys remember the Million Dollar Quartet? Yeah, Carl's Perkins, Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash. That's one of the songs that they recorded. No, separate subject, but but we're going to be talking today about a popular subject, and I'm sure you guys are going to love this subject because you probably discussed it at your breakfast table today. Uh, this morning, it's really an uplifting subject, and it will be an uplifting message because we're going to deal with the subject of death, and like. So, and really just think about it. How many of you in the past week discussed death? Just be honest. Like driving in your car with a friend, hey, let's talk about death. Breakfast table. So I see some weirdos that's not, it's not just me. But death is not a popular subject. As a matter of fact, when we mention death, people always want to change the subject, like we change TV channels. We've done everything to avoid to think about death. 
because we have this great desire to live, don't we? We want to live, and we don't give too much thought of death. And it's kind of funny that humankind is the only creature, if you think about it, knows that he's dying and yet refuses to think about it. And that's the reason some of us overdo makeup, right? That's the reason when a man gets a certain age and if he can afford, he gets a sports car. We're trying to do everything to obscure the fact that we're winding down, right? The funeral homes, they do everything to take the appearance of death away. You know, you ever walk by a coffin and somebody next to you says, doesn't he or she just looks natural? Even our cemeteries, if you look at them, they look like beautiful parks decorated with flowers and so forth. Why is that? Because we're afraid of death. But death is a very real fact. And we're going to see it's something we should not be afraid of. Really, it's something we ought to anticipate. And if you think about it, from the day you're born, you're dying. From the day you're born, you're dying. And David is talking about the valley of shadow of death. Um, just recently, I was watching documentaries and also on the news. You guys, any of you familiar with the Valley of the Kings in Egypt? Yeah, Valley of the Kings. And recently, they found a tube that has 50 more coffins and superstitious people telling them, hey, don't open them. We don't want any more plagues in 2020, you know. But historians say that those Egyptian pyramids required an efforts over 100,000 people and it took them almost close to 40 years to build. Can you ask yourself a question, why? 100,000 people working constantly for 40 years building pyramids. The answer is Egyptians understood full well while they were living at the same time they were in the process of dying and that they would spend a lot more time in the afterlife than they would in this life. Now, granted, their conceptions of what would happen in afterlife is a little skewed, but they understood the core, there being an afterlife. And that's why when they open up the tombs, they find all these great treasures and everything, and each tomb will have a little boat because they believed you go up the Nile to the afterlife. Uh, but they prepared more than half of their life for death. And death is a monarch in this world. You know, and if you really think about it, this whole world is nothing but a large cemetery that's dying. Told you this is an uplifting message, right? I invited my dad over when we first uh, bought the house, and I was doing landscaping, and he said, I'll come over and help. And one of the areas I was doing a natural fence, planting stuff, and I said, okay, you can help by digging 30 holes down this line, two by two, and two feet apart. And he says, you know, you're just, everything you're doing right now is just going to end up in the fire. <laughs> you're just planting more firewood. His way of trying to get out of work. But, but look at what 1 Peter says in 1 Peter 1.24. Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of men is the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and its flower falls away. And David spoke of this valley of the shadow of death. 
And the reason there is, there is a place in Palestine that's really called the Valley of Shadow of Death. It's called the Valley of Shadow of Death because there's narrow uh, places. They measure, some measure only 12 feet apart. And even though at high noon, it's always filled with shadows. Uh, there are caves, shadowy places. In Bible times, there were bears there. There were hyenas, leopards. And there were robbers also hiding in the caves. There were steep places where sheep could fall and die and it was a frightening place. And the reason the shepherd would take his sheep there, even though all these dangers were there, because at certain times it was only a place worth taking your sheep for feeding. And then in springtime arrives, they, 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 you know, the, in Judea, the hills blossom again, and they walk the sheep back to the same valley. And David was saying he was to his sheep what the Lord Jehovah is to him. And David could smile at death, and today we're going to look at death, how we can overcome the fear of death and the tragedy of death. And David in first four verses says, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down. All those things restores my soul. And yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. David had learned to smile at death. And I want to look at some principles that will help us to do the same thing. And number one is, we need to accept that death is a decided fact. It's a fact of death is realized. It's a decided fact. It's not wrong to deny the thought of death. You know, we close our minds to death. We cut off all possibilities in this life and the next. Again, look at Psalm 23, 4. Yea, you do I walk through a valley shadow of death. I'll fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You see that yay there? It's not a nay. It, it's, it's happening. It's a decided fact. And if you look at Hebrews 9.27, uh, people don't want to face it, but sometimes we try to change the subject. But the Bible says this in Hebrews 9.27, and it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, judgment. It's appointed, my friend. It's appointed for men to die. And it's an appointment that all of us are going to keep. We may not think about it much, but really, it's already been decided. It's already been decided. We have no matter in the saying, and God made the appointment, and he will see that we'll keep it. And if you look at Romans, chapter 5, verse 12 says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. What spread to all men? death. The only way you're not going to die if Jesus comes first. If Jesus comes first, but if he doesn't, you're certainly going to die. And again, people refuse to think about death. They think about it. Somehow, you know, if I don't have to think about it, then I'm not going to have to deal with it. But we need to put it on our mind. We need to bring it out, look death straight in the face, and not be afraid of it. I told you, folks, there's a lot of statistics out there, and some statistics are Way, way off. And what I mean by that, you ever seen a CNN poll? Way, way off. But there's one statistic that they did a study on that's 100%. One out of one humans die. It's been correct 100% times. So that's the decided fact. We're going to die. Now, death is also an uncertain fact. 
It's an uncertain fact. And what I mean by that is you don't know when you're going to die. And he's walking through the valley here. He doesn't know from moment to moment what's going to happen next. And we don't know the date and time of our appointment, like we, when we make it with the dentist or other appointments. We don't. We simply are told to be ready. And in, in, in the psalmist, this David, is also uh, mentions in 1 Samuel 20, in verse 3, David says this, There is but a step between me and death. There's but a step. And folks, I'll tell you, your pastor almost died last week. I fell off a 50-foot ladder. Luckily for me, I was just on the first step. I'm kidding, that did not happen. I was just trying to bring some encouraging words to you because you're all, really, I fell off a footstool trying to reach some snacks in the pantry. That's what happened. But it's just a step. Yo, though I walk through the valley of shadow death, it's a decided fact. It's uncertain. You don't know when you're going to die. Old people die. Young people die. Kids die. Sometimes mothers have to kiss their babies goodbye. You know, I had a niece. She was 10 years old, beautiful, smart girl. She always corrected my Russian and my English. But she died of cancer. And sometimes you ask, like, why, God, why? Sometimes there is no answer, but the real answer is this. She accomplished everything God set her out to do on this planet and then took her home. That's it. So we shouldn't fear death if we trusted our shepherd. He's the shepherd of the dying. How are we going to get to heaven? Death. I remember one time, a long time ago, I said, sometimes we try so hard to keep the saints out of heaven. That's how they get to heaven. You see, and also when I preach, I've told you before, I preach with the fear of the Lord here because anything I can say is going to, I'm going to be held to a higher standard in judgment day. But also when I preach, I should preach as a dying man to a dying congregation. This could be the very last sermon I preach. This could be the very last sermon that you hear. You don't know that. And the Bible tells us in Proverbs 27.1, says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what day may bring forth. And a long time ago, we did but a study on James. In James 4.13-15, he says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we'll go to such and such city and spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time and vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. You see, God doesn't have to take your life. All he has to do is stop giving it. All he has to do is stop giving it. Do we understand that? Life is a gift from God, and it's just a vapor. He tells us that in Scripture over and over, like a breath on a frosty morning. It's, it's just here, moment, and gone. You know, I was reading a fable story, and one of my favorite stories is there's this uh, man who comes to his master and says, Master, you got to help me. He said, what's wrong? He's like, I went to a marketplace, and there was this sinister figure that was hunting me and looking at me, and, you know, I think it was death. So I have to, can you give me one of your finest horses, one of your finest Arabian horses, <laughs> so I can flee to Samaria because I think death wants to get me. Master says, go to the stable and take one of those fine horses and flee. You're, you're good. 
And then the master went to the marketplace himself to see what was happening. And there he saw that figure, and he tapped on the shoulder and said, hey, are you deaf? He said, yes, I'm deaf. He said, well, what are you doing here? Why'd you, why'd you scare one of my servants? Now he is not here. He's like, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I scared him. I didn't mean to. Matter of fact, I didn't even know that he was going to be here today because I have an appointment with him later today in Samaria. It's an uncertain fact. We don't know. So we have to accept that. Not only it's decided and certain, it's also a personal fact. If you look back at Psalm 23 and verse 4, it says, I walk, not they walk, not somebody else. I walk. You are walking in the shadow of death, just like David was. And you know, sometimes, I know in my own experience, when the preacher talks about people getting ready to die, the human mind always races and says, you tell them, pastor. You know, we always think the other person is going to die. We have it all figured out how we're going to die, right? We're going to be, get old. We're going to live till we're 90. We're going to go and take our insurance papers. We're going to fill it all out. We're going to gather all our children, invite them all, kiss them on the cheek, you know, lay in the bed, put the covers up, and then we're going to die. That's how we think we're going to die. But that's not the fact. It's uncertain. And friend, you may die. I may die. And some people say, well, I'm really healthy right now. Well, you not be as healthy as you think. Cars run over healthy people last time I checked. So it's a decided fact, it's an uncertain fact, and it's a personal fact. But there's something else. I want us to accept death as a defeated enemy. As a defeated enemy. I will fear no evil, David says. Now, there's three things that I want to look at, and I mentioned this in the last Sunday sermon, but I just want to remind you. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, fear no evil. There is no valley without mountains, right? Isn't that true? It has to be mountains. And Psalm 23, I mentioned, is the valley psalm between two mountains. Psalm 22, we have a picture of what? The crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ is written as somebody standing on Mount Calvary. Psalm 22 is written on the count of the crucifixion, and it's incredible psalm of describing Christ dying on the cross. And then another mountain, Psalm 24, it speaks of Mount Zion. It speaks of Christ's reign on Mount Zion. You have two mountains. You have Psalm 22 and Psalm 24, Mount Zion, the glory mount. And in between, you have a valley. And that's where we're living. We're living in the valley. And that valley is marked by death. So when you think of of the valley, you need to te- also remember that we're here temporarily. Remember, we cannot, uh, there can't be a valley without mountains. And, and remember, we also talked about that Jesus Christ is described the shepherd three different ways, right? And John 10, 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. That's the good shepherd. He died for us. That's Psalm 22. And 1 Peter 5, 4 says, when the chief shepherd appears, we'll receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. That's the good shepherd died for us. This is the chief shepherd 
that is coming for me. But then the Lord Jesus is called the great shepherd, the one who lives for us in Hebrews 13, 20. Now may the God of peace who brought up the Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of sheep through the blood of their everlasting covenant. You see, he's the one that rose from the dead. He's the one that has conquered the valley of the shadow of death. He died for us. He's coming for me. But the great shepherd, he lives for us in the valley of the shadow of death. He's raised from the dead. And I'm trying to tell you, if you want to learn smile at death, you need to remember that we're just in the valley, but look to the mountains for help. In Psalm 121, 1, it says this, I will lift up my eyes to the hills, from hence comes my help. Are you down in the valleys? Look at the mountains. Look at the mountains. Salvation. Coronation. That's where the help comes from. And then there also can't be a shadow without light. Again, look at Psalm 4, verse 4. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Death is just a shadow if you know the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Jesus has come and put an end to death. He's the death of death. You see, he pulled the sting out of death. He took the gloom over the grave. He dread out of dying. He, he is death to a Christian. It's just a shadow. Anybody get scared of their own shadow sometimes? You know, a shadow can scare us, but it can't hurt us. It can't hurt us. You ever been run over by a shadow of a car? Anytime? Did it hurt? No, because it's just a shadow. If a truck hit me, that's one thing, but if a shadow of a truck hit me, that's another. You see, God walks us through the valley of shadows. And I remember the story, the preacher whose wife died, and he was, she was still very young, and they had a young daughter, and she didn't understand all that was happening. And the death, the death of Christ and salvation and so forth, and one day they went to shopping, and she saw a shadow of a truck on on the store wall, and she said, Dad, look how big that shadow is. Look how, you know, bigger than the truck. And that's when that preacher used that example. And he asked his daughter, and he said, Sweetie, would you be rather be hit by a shadow of a truck or a truck? And she said, I'd rather be hit by a shadow of a truck. And she, he proceeded to explain, that's what happened to Mommy. She got hit by a shadow. The truck hit Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. Tremendous lesson. Jesus pulled this thing out of death. And the Bible teaches us that God is light. He's the one that creates the shadow. Look at Proverbs 4.18. It says, but the path of the just is like a shining sun that shines even brighter unto the perfect day. Let me give you some more verses. What a blessing these verses are. The people, in Isaiah 9, 2, it says, The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. And in Luke 1, 78, 79, says, Though a tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring, now the day spring here means the sun, from the high has visited us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. To guide our feet in the way of peace. See, there's no shadow 
without light. And when we're in the valley, we got mountains and shite. The, the, the light is shining from those mountains. And you know, the, the interesting thing is when you look directly at the light, you won't even see the shadow. It's, it's behind you. So death is nothing but a shadow. Shadows can hurt us. Shadow of a dog can bite you. And the third thing I want to look at is not only defeated enemy, but there's no evil without greater good. If you look at that verse again, Psalm 23, verse 4, it says, For you are with me. Now, he's comparing here the evil with the great shepherd. The great shepherd of the sheep. Who is, who is the you there? Who is he talking about? For you are with me. Remember the first sermon we talked about, the Lord is my shepherd and the Lord is in all caps. That's Jehovah, the most holy name. And Jehovah is not mentioned in the New Testament. Why? Because Jesus is the Jehovah. Now, David is saying there's maybe evil, but this Jehovah is with me. We can say Jesus is with us. And folks, truth is mightier than error here. Grace is greater than sin. And what that means is if you look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, it says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So why shouldn't we be afraid of any evil when we're walking in the valleys? Who is in you is greater than this world. Is greater than all this world. But who is in you? The Holy Spirit, Jesus. That Jehovah that he's talking about in verse 1. I'm so excited, man. But last thing I'll talk about is we need to talk about that we need to make friends with death. We need to view death as a delighted friend. Yes, it's a friend. And let me give you an interesting verse. Apostle Paul is telling us what we have in Christ. And the Corinthian church has been arguing a little bit and squashing and all those stuff, who's the bread of preacher and who they like best. But look what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 22. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or things present, or things to come, are all yours. Paul thinks of death not as an enemy, but as a servant. It's all ours. And you know what the Bible says? In Psalm 116, 15, precious is the sight of the Lord. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Precious is the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Thinking of trying out that verse on the church sign. What do you guys think? And do you remember what Paul said in 1 Philippians 1, 1, for me to live as Christ to die is gain. Well, what, what does it mean? Well, physically, it's gain because 
my body is going to be made like the Lord Jesus Christ. No more pain. Intellectually, you're going to understand things that you didn't understand in this world. Emotionally, you'll praise Him with your whole heart. Socially, you're going to be in a fellowship with all the saints of all the ages. You're going to see Paul. You're going to see Adam and Eve, and you're going to give them a little roll of eyes, you know. So there's socially, there's also spiritually. There's going to be no more temptation of sin. All that stuff will be behind us. But what brings us into that relationship when this happens? Death. Death. So death is not an enemy if he helps us to come to a place, as Paul says, for me to die as gain. And there's presence of the shepherd, folks. If you look at uh, verse 4 again, he says, for you are with me. It's an interesting thing that in the first three verses, he, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down, right? He says, he leads me. He restores my soul. But now when he's in the valley, he's no longer talking about him, but he's talking to him. Suddenly, death looms over on the horizon like a dark cloud, and David changes here, drops from third person to second person, for you are with me. And there's nothing that will bring you face to face with God more than some dark valleys in the life. And when you get in the dark valleys of the life, you're going to know what he meant for you are with me. Look, look at some of these verses, what God is saying to us. Isaiah 41.10, and remember these verses, folks. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I, am, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. I, I, I. These are the promises of the Jehovah God. In Hebrews 13, 5, it says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In Matthew 28, 20, it says, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. I, I. These are the words of God. He's saying, I'm going to be with you. There's the presence of the shepherd. And we talked about that. The Jehovah shepherd. So we're not going to die alone. When you're dying, the shepherd's going to be with you. The light is going to be there. And then there's also protection while you're down in the valleys. He says, your staff, your rod and your staff comfort me, if you look at verse 4 again. And we talked about that. Rod has many purposes, and so does the staff. But one of the things is to protect the sheep and to lift up the sheep. My friend, when you come to die, I can promise you that the Lord Jesus Christ will be there with you. He will strengthen you. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints because he's going to be right there welcoming you home. That's why it's so precious. He will be there, and the rod will be there to protect you, and the powers of evil, and his staff will be there to uplift you and keep you close to him. Not only there's a presence and shepherd and power of the shepherd, there's, there's purpose in this as well. It's a valley. You go through, it's not a box canyon. And we have trouble today and difficulties. Some of us are sick. We don't understand why. I don't either. But I know there's a purpose. There's a purpose. And the purpose is to lead you closer to him. Somebody asked the man what was his favorite verse, and he said that one where it says everything came to pass. He said, why? Because he said, I didn't come, I didn't come here to stay. 
We need to understand we didn't come here to stay. We didn't come here to stay. And my friend, Bible says in Hebrews 2.15, and they released those who fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. To release those who fear death, we shouldn't fear it if we have the Lord Jesus Christ. And until we deal with death and put it aside and not worry about it, we're really not ready to live. You think about it. Deal with that situation, deal with that question, and then you're really ready to live. Well, I got sins in my life. Well, what does the Bible tell us? You're afraid to die because you have sins in your life? Tell you what you can do. Put your faith where God put your sins on the Lord Jesus Christ. And we talked about this verse a number of times already. Isaiah 53, 6, it says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And folks, to be able to smile at death, we need to rest in the shepherd. And he, was guide, he will guide us safely home. Death is a, just a step into his presence. What is that? To be absent from the body is to what? Present with the Lord. And you're not going to walk that valley alone. David said, for you are with me, the Jehovah God. And guess what? When we get to heaven, remember Jesus said, I go to do what? I must go away. I send the Holy Spirit, but I got, I'm going to go and do what? Just sit around? Prepare a place for you. So when you come there, there will be a prepared place for you. That's a wonderful promise. Let me add, however, and I'm going to end here, that there may be some of you here today have never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. An awful dread death must be to you. It must be. If you say no, then you really haven't thought about it. Because the Bible says in Hebrews 10.31, it says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Fearful thing. And folks, I'm not preaching a Jesus that's a cool Jesus, or I'm not saying Jesus is a good way to heaven, or Jesus is a better way to heaven. I am telling you today, Jesus is the only way to heaven. There, there is no other way. So if you think he was a good teacher or something like that, you're wrong. He is the only way. He will save you. Jesus died for you. He will save you. He will prepare a place for you in eternity. Turn from your sin and trust what he did at Calvary, folks. He carried your sin, my sin, and he died in our place. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for reminding us of this subject that sometimes we don't like to talk about it, but it's a decided fact. You said it's appointed for men once to die and then judgment. And it's one of the most important questions that we have in life. If we're going to die, you being the shepherd, or are we going to be walking in that valley alone? Father, I pray if there's anyone here today that does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, that they make that decision today, that they examine life and know that you are the only way to heaven. You are the door to the sheep, and we are sheep of your pasture, Father. And as we leave this place today, we pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.